welcome, welcome, welcome from the Shed End podcast. Myself, T-Dot, and as always joined by Theo. How are you doing? All good, thanks. And yourself? Not bad, not bad. The sunshine today. We're in the semifinals. Yeah, I'm happy, happy, happy for once as well. So um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram from the Shed End. Um, so please give us a follow. Um, and obviously we have the YouTube channel as well now that's we're streaming live to also on Twitter. So give us a like, a, a subscribe. Um, let us know your thoughts as well during or after um, we finished airing. And yeah, just let us know what you think. So let's jump straight into it, Theo. I think we need to go straight into... Obviously, you know, I've never celebrated a defeat as much as I think I have in a while. Um, but let's talk about Chelsea progressing into the um, semi-finals, Champions League, 1-0 defeat against Porto. What were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, firstly, semi-finals, first time since 2014. It feels like uncharted territory for us in about the last eight years or so. But um, yeah, as you said, I haven't celebrated a defeat in a very long time. The The kind of last goal in the 90th minute was bittersweet for us but um, I'm going to talk about Porto a bit first because I thought they they were quite poor in the day I thought they um, they should have gone into the game you know attacking with a kind of an attacking plan which I don't think they had um, had they been 1-0 up at half time that's when as a Chelsea fan you start to feel a bit nervy and a bit kind of scared for us to come in the second half but um, yeah. I think they I think I read that it, neither team, neither Chelsea or Porto registered a shot on target in that first half. So I think it was quite two quite comfortable defensive displays from each team. Um, I think Porto, I think they didn't bring their star man um, to Remy, Medi to Remy on until about the 60th minute. I'm not sure why that was. Maybe he was injured. Maybe he was coming back from a suspense. So they wanted to kind of introduce him into the game quite slowly. But I think he had an instant impact. I think soon after he came on, he had that kind of bullet header that kind of almost um, caught Mendy off guard and yeah. kind of made Mendy stretch out to make that save. But other than that, it was relatively comfortable. I felt, you know, great defensive display. I thought Pulisic and Mount were unlucky not to score. They um, Mount had, uh, I think, a chance kind of deflected over the bar and Pulisic had a string of chances with some amazing blocks, I think, from Pepe and Mbemba, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah. overall, it was a comfortable performance. The goal at the end was one of those goals where you kind of just look up and think, you know, that just happens once in a blue moon, you know. So it was an amazing goal, to be fair. I think it came off his shin, but you've got to admire the technique kind of up there with the, the Giroud bicycle kick, the Bale one under Ronaldo one. It's yeah. a shame. That, I mean, it's a sh- I mean, I mean, I say it's a shame for Porter, but I'm obviously very happy, but it's a shame that goal didn't have a, more of a meaning or more of a value to it. So vital now when you look back in that, um, in that first game, in the first leg. Um, two players I want to highlight that I thought were really made, had a really great, great game were uh, Jorginho and Pulisic. Jorginho was kind of the metronome in midfield. I feel like between the two games on that night, so it was between uh, the Chelsea Porto game and uh, it was the PSG Bayern game. He was the player that registered the most passes and I think tackles in those two games. So I think he was very instrumental in midfield. And Pulisic, I mean, we saw, I think he was fouled the most times. I think this camp- Champions League campaign in that single game, I think it was over 11 times. You know, it's type of fouls that reminded me of Hazard in a way, you know, players just coming left, right and centre, having a go at his ankles. So he looked really, really sharp. And as I said, unlucky not to get that goal. But overall, quite happy, I feel. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of my main thoughts. Yeah, and I think I have to agree. I have to agree. Um, you know, I don't think we needed to take the game to Porto. I would have liked to 
obviously got a goal at some point. I think, you know, it was always going to be a bit nervy whenever, um, you know, if they scored a lot earlier than they did, you know, it would have been a lot of nervy second half for us. But I think, I think we, we were able to kind of still, you know, hit them on the counter-attack, which we did plenty of times. We had plenty of opportunities to score, like you've just touched on, you know. I remember, I think it was, um, I think it was Mason Mount laid it on the plate for, for Pulisic and, um, you know, he, he wasn't, fortunate enough to score and I think Ziyech as well done exactly the same I think it was kind of like a pass outside of the four mm. brilliant pass from from Ziyech as well but um, you know I thought we I, I, like, I, like you said you know I think the fact that we had that that kind of cushion going into the game we were able to kind of allow Porto and let's let's have it right you know Porto definitely brought the game to us even before um, you know Taremi came on they were still you know, making as much chances and a bit of noise in our, our half of the pitch as well. So um, it was a nervy game for me to watch, you know, I, I can't lie. Um, but I was impressed. I was impressed defensively the way we were. It was very similar to um, the first leg. You know, we, we dealt with a lot of what we needed to. Um, there was still some sort of cracks that, uh, you know, I don't know whether, I mean, there was a point, I think it was um, Mendy trying to play out from the back. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Corona that was, um, you know, again, was lucky that we didn't, we didn't concede from that, but um, it's things like that sometimes, you know, that I do. And I know as modern day footballers and goalkeepers, you you know, you're almost drilled into you to play out from the back. But there are times where I feel like, you know, we don't always have to do that. And there's, you know, we can just get rid of the ball, you know, get it out of our, get it out of our box. But overall, you know, I thought we played really well over the two legs. You know, I thought we played really well. Pulisic was, was amazing. Um, I agree. You know, he, he gets, he gets fouled a lot. Um, and, and, you know, for me, maybe that's an impact to his, his injuries as well. You know, um, the amount of times he's getting, you know, chopped down and yeah, you know, it could be an impact to his injuries, but, you know, we've got to try and stay, stay focused for, for the next, um, I think this, this, this first semi-final, the first leg on the 27th, I believe, um, which we'll touch on later, but I just wanted to get your thoughts on Jorginho and Kante, cause I felt like, especially in the first half, Kante was, was everywhere, you know. He, you know, he was just all over the pitch, and especially for Jorginho as well. Uh, I know we had a bad game against uh, West Brom a few weeks ago, but seems to have got that out of his system now. I thought he was brilliant. Um, that kind of when you mentioned that Mendy, that dodgy Mendy pass from from the back, he was there to kind of block it out and put it out for a corner, and he was. I think I mentioned as well. He had um, tackle and passes in the whole game each day as well that performance he had against Atletico Madrid at home at the bridge I thought that was a very similar performance to the, um, the one he had against Porto and you know almost he looks back to his 2016 best he covered every blade of grass on the pitch but um, overall I think Kante was fantastic so I think if I could add a, a third standout here, it would have been Kante along with Jorginho and Pulisic on the day yeah I agree I agree I think um, you know I've that, uh, while she was um, joining us, I was just talking about both of them and how well they played and how we miss Kante when he's not playing as well. Um, I think he brings a lot to the team. Um, there's obviously things that he, he does that goes really unnoticed, I think, at the club sometimes, well, at the te- in the team. Um, but yeah, you know, it was good to see him back. He, he seems like he's, he's got over the injury that he had um, a couple of weeks ago. So it'll be interesting to see how we, we progress and we move on to um, the next... I'm smiling because I'm happy um, against Real Madrid. You know, I think it's, um, well, let me get your thoughts first on how they played last night against Liverpool. Um, 
did they do enough? Did they sit back and just allow Liverpool to miss all their 20-odd chances that they probably had in the game? Um, I think the way Liverpool played was kind of how I expected Porto to play against us. And I think Liverpool, if they were a bit more clinical or prolific in front of goal, they could have gone there, gone, they could have won that tie at Anfield and they could have actually won, you know, qualified to the semis. I think you know, very early on, they put the pressure or some chances from Salah and from Milner, which goes to show that Real Madrid and Sergio Ramos on the day in defence over the two legs as well, which arguably two of their starting defenders, their best defenders, if anything. But um, I thought they were brilliant in that first leg, Real Madrid. We, I spoke about them in the, in, the first ep- in the second episode of From the Shed End. I think Vinicius really impressed me, Asensio as well. But after watching them yesterday at Anfield, I think, you know, they, they don't really look like a 4D or yet. I feel like they look back to kind of maybe the performances they put into the group stages where they looked a bit shaky in defence. They um they kind of you know inviting a lot of pressure from the uh, the uh, the opposition as well. So um I am I was I'm impressed with Real Madrid. I think it's gonna be the hardest Champions League game up to date. But um at the same time I think if they do play like they did against Anfield, then there's a lot of kind of, you know, there's a big chance for us to go to that game and actually kind of, you know, qualify and put in a decent result. I mean, if you look at the chance uh, the amount of times Courtois was called called to action and had to kind of, you know, save some some big shots. Um and, you know, it goes to show that there is a chance for us. But um, but yeah, I think um, I'm more I'm more confident after watching yesterday's game for our chances. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think with any team, I think we've I suppose one of the key things you have to remember about Madrid that they didn't play with Sergio Ramos. I think for both legs, Varane, mm. um, I think is still out as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they they are missing key players as well, but that's no excuse, you know. Um, they, I think they just didn't realise they could sit back very much like we did on Tuesday. We didn't, when I say sit back, we didn't, you know, we didn't have to, we didn't have to search for the goals. We didn't need the goals. Real Madrid didn't need the goals last night. They were, they were mm. capable of playing a defensive game. And I think Liverpool were just awful in front of goal. I think mm. they were, you know, they had enough chances to, to score. They had enough chances to, to bury that game, probably three or four nil. And they just didn't do that um, for whatever reason. I think moving forward into our semi-final, because um, I think the first leg is is away. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, you know, I think we we need to we need to just go into that game with the same belief that we did against any of the other opponents that we've played against. Um, I think we haven't played Real Madrid competitively since '98. Yeah. I posted this morning on our, yeah. on our social account that '98 Super Cup. Um, before that, I think it was 1971. I think where we've, I think we drew both those games and we won against, um, in the Super Cup. I think it was Gus Poyer who scored the winner for us then. So, you know, we, and at 98, I mean, I, without knowing what Real Madrid team we were playing then, I'm pretty sure, you know, it was a lot better probably than the team that they've got at the moment. So in some aspects, but I do, I do feel like we've got every opportunity to, to progress to that final of the Champions League over the two legs. Um, it'd be interesting if we can try and nick an away goal. Mm. Um, and and you know I don't see why why we couldn't do that. Um, I think Benzema is going to be a threat. I think Benzema will be a threat for us. Um, Vinicius as well. Mark Luka Modric. Um, you know, watched him play yesterday. Some of the things he does is very effortless, but it's it's um, it's crucial that he's there. You know, so um, yeah, I think we over the two legs. I'll be I'll be surprised if we went out. At this stage now, I think if you look at the teams on paper, 
providing that we can keep all our, our players injury free and um you know we've got a full um squad to choose from i can't i can't see why we can't progress and go go to the final now as well yeah i agree i think um you mentioned Ramos and Varane coming in will make it a lot harder for us to kind of get those chances maybe Liverpool got had last night. But the other player I wanted to touch upon who could make his return to the starting eleven for Real Madrid is Eden Hazard. He's yes. been out injured. <laughs> he's been out injured for a while, but I think he's back in training. He he was he didn't make the match day squad yesterday, I think, or for the Classica at the weekend. Mm. But he could feature against us, I think, end of end of April. Um and you know, I think that's gonna be I was looking at his audience. Instagram post on um, yesterday on his uh, account when he left Chelsea and he kind of said, "Hope we get to play each other for, for n- numerous times in the Champions League because uh, you know I want I want to meet the fans again. I want to play Chelsea again. I love the team. I'll be following your results." So I think he still cares about Chelsea. Obviously, I mean, he's kind of you know he left on such terms. So I think it'll be really interesting to see Eden Hazard as well because as Chelsea fans, we don't really follow Real Madrid as much, so we don't get to see his performances. But I think this is a real chance to see him and obviously see how he can do against us if he's still, you know, he's still the two, uh, the Eden Hazard that Chelsea fans saw uh, leave Stamford Bridge in 2019 or if he's kind of, you know, this Eden Hazard that the media are portraying to be kind of, you know, lazy, unfit, not to his best. And if he is back to his best, he could really hurt us. <laughs> we know what he's capable of at his best. So I think that'll be interesting as well. Yeah, because I think he's this season, especially, I think he's had, I mean, he's been injured quite a bit over his time at Real Madrid, but um, on any day, you know, any given day, you know, we know what he can do. Um, the quality that he still has, you know, you don't lose that overnight. Um, and it, it just, you know, it just be our luck that he turns up and performs really well. Well, I think defensively, I think we're solid. You know, um, even having like a Thiago Silva, an experienced centre back. You know, Zoom has been playing really well. Rudiger as well. Um, I, I think we've got enough there at the back to, to keep even at Eden Hazard, quiet, you know, um, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting. You know, um, I, I wouldn't put money on him, um, not scoring against us, to be honest. Cause I think he's, you know, if he plays, what are the odds? You know, he probably will score, but, um, yeah, I think it'd be a bit of a rush to try and get him maybe for the second leg. I don't know how bad his injury is, but I think, mm. I know he's been out for, for some time now. So, um, maybe for the second leg, we'll see him. Um, That'd be interesting, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to it now. You know, um, yeah. getting over the line against Porto, yeah. knowing who we've got now again in the semi-finals. Quick question for you, I suppose, out mm-hmm. of the two, Liverpool, Real Madrid, who would you have preferred to to be playing against in the semi-final? I think Real Madrid. Honestly, uh, I think anything can happen when two two teams from the same league play each other in the Champions League. You know, completely outside of their kind of domestic form. And I think I was watching Thomas Tuchel's uh, post-match interview and he said that, um, you know, he doesn't mind who, to, who he wants to play, but he'd rather avoid Liverpool because similar to, to what I just said, you know, anything can happen when two English teams play each other in the Champions League and, you know, often form, form is for not, not put into, it's not kind of put into uh, the question. So I feel... Real Madrid will be the better option. And if, it sounds terrible to say, but if we do lose, I'd much rather lose to, uh, to Real Madrid than, than Liverpool purely based on, you know, the competitive field, you know, competitive competition that we have with, with Liverpool. And obviously we know probably a lot of Liverpool fans ourselves. So it'll probably make it a bit slightly easier. So, but yeah, I think, I think, um, Real Madrid, Liverpool on their day as well. They're good. They're very good. And they're slowly starting to regain some form. 
So um, I think Real Madrid, I'd rather play Real Madrid, so I'm happy about the, the result yesterday. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how we progress in the Champions League, but we've got an important game on Saturday. Um, big game, FA Cup, semi-final. How do you think we'll do? What's your thoughts on, on playing Manchester City um, half-five on Saturday, FA Cup? They played last night. They may be tired. So that you know they haven't been performing as well as they have over maybe the five months of 2021. I feel you know that the two legs over Dortmund haven't really inspired me of confidence with how City have played in a way they haven't looked their best. You know they looked a bit weaker defensively. Unlucky is Dortmund unlucky if anything. You know of that Bellingham disallowed goal in the first um, in the first leg, and also that performance they put up against Leeds um, last weekend. Leeds were ten men and they never really looked like they were score. You know they looked a bit you know almost scared to kind of, you know, try to like really kind of uh, uh, get that set. So I think this will be a good time to play, but obviously see, they probably have the best squad in uh, in England, best squad in Europe, if anything, best manager in the world, possibly. Um, I think it'll be a really interesting tie. I think both teams will heavily rotate, I think, their squads. You know, they've got Champions League semi-finals in the back of their minds. They've got City probably want to get the league wrapped up quite early. West Chelsea have quite an important game against Brighton the following week. So I think both teams will rotate quite heavily. Um, but I think it'll be a very interesting game. Again, it's one of those games that could go either way. I'm excited to see um, this Tom Tuchel with Chelsea against um, City. So I think if we can get a decent result against City, you know, that these players will become really confident and think if we can beat City, we can beat anyone. We can beat PSG in a final. We can beat City again in a Champions League final. We can beat Real Madrid possibly in the semis before that so I think it'll be a huge kind of like huge test for us if anything Wembley as well um, you know some of these players will be playing at Wembley for the first time I believe so it'll be interesting really interesting and um, I think I think it'll be kind of you know similarly to how the, the previous Tom Tuchel ga- games have gone first 15 minutes I think will really determine whether you know which team is hungrier for this game which team is kind of you know got the right game plan defensively and offensively to kind of, you know, get the result. But I'm excited for that one, really excited. And obviously, you know, FA Cup, as much as I'd love to win it, I'd much rather get top four and a Champions League kind of set, uh, final place. So it would be a big blow if we don't win. But at the same time, you know, if it means focusing on the other two tournaments, then let it be. But I do think if we do Leicester or Southampton in the final, that's when you start to think, okay, we can win this now. So, um, so yeah, excited for that one. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because I think, um, you know, there, there may be some changes, especially to our squad. I think from what played on Tuesday, um, not my major. I just think maybe, um, you know, you know, we touched on, um, a few weeks ago about Olivier Giroud. He may, he may, mm-hmm. he hasn't really played the last couple of games. I know he came on, a, um, on Tuesday, but it was quite late into the game, I think. Um, be interesting to see if, if he starts. I think that'd be a, a big game. Um, I was on another podcast early this week and was talking about how Giroud's one of those players that can just change the game for you. You know, he doesn't, he, he knows where the back of the net is and he's proven that, you know, multiple times for, for us as a Chelsea player, but also in his previous time at Arsenal as well. So I think going into these kind of games, we do have to think about just that game rather than trying to think forward, think, you know, um, I think mm-hmm. we play Brighton on Tuesday, I think it is after, after Saturday. So Thomas Tuchel doesn't think, you know, let me rest a few players. We've got Brighton. We've got to go put all the, you know, the eggs in one basket and just try and 
try and get past City. I think, I think we can do it. You know, um, no, I say this every time we, we, we record, we can always do it, but, um, no teams unbeatable. You know, Leeds beat City at the weekend, mm-hmm. just gone. So no teams unbeatable. Um, I know I'd expect a totally different game from Leeds, uh, from City, sorry, um, on Saturday just because of, what's at stake you know they mm-hmm. want that country they still want to do that yeah. they're still in intention yeah. of doing it as well so I think that, you know they're going to be they're going to be up for it but I suppose in the back of our minds you touched on it just then before Leicester or Southampton you go into that final if we beat City you kind of think the form that Southampton have been in this season the form that Leicester was starting to show now we have to be favourites to win that if we, if we can get to the final so that would be my bargaining tool for the players, you know, get past City. We we almost have one hand on the on the trophy, but I do agree with you. You know, if we go out of the FA Cup, it does mean that we've got to we've got to solidify that top four. We've also got to try and push on and try and get to the Champions League final, if not win the Champions League as well. Um, would you make any changes as to the squad that started on uh, Tuesday on Saturday's game? What what changes would you potentially make if you was going to make any? Um, changes for the Saturday. I'd have, as you mentioned, Giroud up front, I think. I think, you know, he's a player, as you said, he can kind of get a goal out of nothing. Um, and he kind of, you know, he's still at a point to prove, I think, you know, both for kind of manager. Thomas doesn't seem too, too convinced about him, but also possibly, I don't think he'll stay another season that ends this summer. So he wants to have a point to prove as well to whatever team, you know, he'll be joining in the summer, possibly. So I start with Giroud. I'd like to see Werner back in the team, possibly. I think he's been out of action for, I think, the last two match, match uh, matches. Yeah. I was quite surprised, actually, we didn't introduce him earlier against Porto because I think when they were a bit fatigued, a player like Werner is perfect to kind of get them on the counter-attack with his pace. So yeah. I thought that was a bit of a, something I maybe I thought Thomas Tuchel should have maybe done, bring some substitutes on a bit earlier, possibly to really kill that game off. But back to the City lineup, I'd have Alonso as left wing back. I think Chilwell as well has played the last two. So I'd, I'd like to see Alonso or possibly even Emerson. I think Emerson's worth, you know, mentioning as well. You know, he's looked quite sharp when he's come on in the few games he has played. So I'd like to see him. Um, I think I said it before I cut off um, previously, but I'd love to see Gilmore in the team. I think um, if Kovacic is still out of his hamstring injury, you kind of think, okay, can't be playing Kante, Jorginho every week now, or every game, especially with Brighton, I think, next week. So I'd like to see Gilmore possibly. And, you know, he has proven that he can do it in these big games. Liverpool FA Cup last year. I think yeah. he was man of the match in that. Uh, the Everton uh, 4-0 win last year before the lockdown, man of the match again. So I'd like to see Gilmore, I think, in the starting um, 11. And uh, I do think he'll go out on loan next season as well. So I think this is his chance as well to kind of maybe prove, you know, I'm still, I can play at the top, you know, in these top games. Um, yeah. And then, but yeah, I think those kind of, those are the main changes I'd make. Kind of left wing back position, striker, maybe centre mid- midfield in Gilmore and possibly even bring back Kepper. I think Kepper's looked good since Tuchel in the games he has played under Tuchel. I don't think he's conceded a goal, if I'm not mistaken. That's uh, a big call. Tuchel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big call. It's a big call. But, um, you know, I feel like was, had Kepper made a mistake that Mendy would have made against Porto, that pass, you know, the internet would have reacted terribly. You know, I think even the commentators would have kept mentioning it. I think he would have blown his confidence. But, um, but I think he's looked, he's looking a bit more confident. And what I've liked with his performances recently, he, he doesn't, I mean, he kind of, you know, he takes his chances every time he has played that. I think he made a great save against Newcastle in that Premier League game. He did play and he yeah. kept a clean sheet. 
And I think, you know, as, as well, the possibility of penalties at full time um, after extra time as well. I'd much rather see Kepa between the sticks than Mendy penalties, I think. I think the times we have seen Men- uh, Mendy, um, you know, face penalties, I think against Everton, I think he's faced a few, I think in that shootout against Spurs in the League Cup earlier in the season. And then he seems a bit, you know, slow to react when the ball is shot or this is just be me being very critical right now, but um, he hasn't looked like very close to saving any of them. Whereas Kepa, you know, he had that amazing penalty save against Valencia in the Champions League last season. Yeah. At, yeah. Uh, at the Mestalla, he saved, I think, one, I think, maybe was it from Bernardo Silva? No, Leroy Sane, I think, in the League Cup final. Yeah. So I think, I think I'd like to see Kepa start. And I think, you know, I still feel like he's got a lot of criticism, but he's still a top keeper. I think um, he's looked a lot better and a bit, lot, you know, he looks a bit rejuvenated and confident since Tuchel's arrived. I think the fact he's not playing every game now, he's got a point to prove. And I think that's so important for a goalkeeper is, you know, the one game you do get, you want to take your chance and really prove, you know, I want to, I should be playing, you know, I should be the first choice. I should be, you know, starting. I should not be just considered for cup games, but also league games, Champions League semi-finals possibly. I you know this. So I think, yeah, Kepa as the goalkeeper, left wing back, Emerson or, or Alonso, Gilmore in midfield and Giro as a striker. Yeah. And it's good that you touched on Gilmore because I feel like he's the forgotten player at the moment. Um, mm. you know, back ends of, um, or even, you know, yeah, the back end of last season, I think it was, he, he played, you know, played a couple of games. There was rumours he was going to go on loan um, in January. Mm. Uh, I think it was back to, to Scotland somewhere. Yeah, um, Rangers. Rangers, yeah. So um, it'd be interesting to see how his development goes over the next couple of months and you know does he go on loan it'd be a shame for him to do that but I can also see why he's still quite young um you know he's still got plenty of opportunity to come back into the the Chelsea fold as we spoke about in the last episode around the low knees and sometimes it can work for you um sometimes it doesn't but I feel like he's one of those players that would probably benefit from from doing that and going out on loan um but yeah like you similar you know um I just yeah I, I think yeah, maybe looking at resting some of the players, not all. I think Werner would be perfect in a game like this. But then, you know, I, I think that front three has worked. Although we lost on Tuesday, but the way we played against Palace, I don't know if I'd tinker with that too much in terms of having Havertz as that sort of false nine and Pulisic and Mount. I think that's worked. Um, but I think Werner has to play a part because of his pace, you know, what he can bring to the team as well. So I don't know how Tuchel... He's going to deal with that headache of a selection, but um, hopefully he gets it right as well. It'd be interesting, that, like you said about Kepa or Mendy, because you don't really want to change your goalkeeper during the game. So you have to stick with one or the other. Um, obviously, we're kind of going back to uh, sneak <laughs> up. Uh, when you mentioned Kepa, then that's the first one that popped into my mind was the, uh, yeah. the, the League Cup moment. But I think, you know... Um, and to be honest, Kepa wasn't having that bad of a game that day, to be fair, if I recall. Yeah. Um, he had an outstanding yeah. performance. It was overshadowed by whatever happened um, during that game. But it'd be interesting. He's not a bad goalkeeper. I just think, like you said, his confidence was was completely shot to bits and you know he didn't really have any confidence. The games that he has played this season, like what you've just mentioned, I do feel like he's... Um, you know, he's improved as a goalkeeper, whether that's what he's working on off the pitch and, you know, the goalkeeper coaches are working with him to to bring that part of his game, you know, um, making it better. But 
yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I'm confident, as always, semi-finals, any kind of knockout games can go either way. You know, they can, providing we have a really good solid 10 minutes, a nice comfortable, we get into the game early, um, no silly mistakes, you know, sort of like what Mendy was doing on, because um, I'm pretty sure that was early in the game on Tuesday with um, mm-hmm. with Mendy, probably within the, the first 10 or 15 minutes yeah. of the game. As long as we don't have any silly mistakes like that, I think we've got every chance of progressing. And I think we just need to keep certain players quiet, you know. Leeds can do that, we can do that. There's teams that can do that to City. You know, you keep the key players quiet, keep a Sterling or a Kevin De Bruyne quiet. Um, you know, I'm not too worried about like a Jesus or no. um, you know, Torres and those kind of players. I think no. I think we, we can deal with them. It's the Kevin De Bruyne's or, you know, a um Gundogan. Yeah. Raheem Sterling. Those kind of plays will cause us issues. Foden. Foden, of course, yeah. And also John Stones, because I think the game that I watched, um, I can't remember what game it was now. I think it was the weekend, the weekend fixture just gone. And John Stones was almost playing as a midfielder. You know, he was carrying the ball from central defence to, you know, uh, it was Leeds. Yeah, it was mm. Leeds, the Leeds game. You know, he was bringing it all the way he was taken on shots, you know, so as long as he doesn't, that doesn't happen to us, which he shouldn't do because of our, our midfield is completely different to Leeds. Um, yeah, I can't see why we can't progress. Um, it'd be interesting if it goes into extra time as well. Um, that would probably suit both teams um, in terms of the depth that they've got. You know, we, we've got a brilliant bench to an extent and so have City. So hopefully I'm going to go for, I don't think it'll go to extra time. I think it'd be a quiet game. I think it's going to be one nil Chelsea. I don't think there'll be many goals. I think both teams will try and cancel each other out and they won't want to go for it either. I think they'll be very cautious about going forward. I think it will go to extra time. It will. <laughs> I think both teams will be really tired after their Champions League games this um, this week. And I think there'll be a, it'll be quite a lackluster game, if anything. And I think it'll be a nil-nil extra time. And then it's either going to go 1-0 City or 1-0 Chelsea. But obviously being a Chelsea fan, I have to go with 1-0 Chelsea. So let's stick yeah. with that. So we're both saying one nil to an extent, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Tired. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, okay, so um, obviously you can watch that game half five Saturday. Well, half five. I've heard rumours it may be being moved um, due to um, Prince Philip's funeral, which I believe is um, around the same time as well. So we'll keep our, our ears and eyes peeled to see if that does change. But currently at the moment, half five Saturday, I believe it's on BBC One. Um, so um, yeah interesting to see how that pans out but let's move over to potential transfer targets is Haaland's top of the wish list <laughs> it'd be the dream signing I think you know if you kind of think the, the most in, in demand striker right now and, and any team that probably set for the next 10 years you know with their kind of number 9 you know contrary to maybe you know, the Torres is the Verners, I think he's the type of player that if he could come in, you know, performing from the off, I think, you know, any league, I think any kind of, you know, level of kind of any competent, I think he can perform. He's done it in the Champions League. I think he, he went out of Dortmund yesterday with 10 goals to his name, I think in the Champions League. Um, he's still only, he's still only 20. We have to remember that he's 20 years old. Yeah. The one age. thing that's kind of me, which I'm, yeah. The one thing that kind of thinks to myself that we won't get him is his agent Mino Raiola I think you know he's very difficult to deal with he'll probably want a large portion of the money you know for himself or agent fees 
Um, and I think he's, you could kind of see it in his eyes as well when he was playing at the Etihad. Kind of, you know, looked like, you know, this is going to be my home next season. I kind of felt like that way watching him. So I feel, but I feel it's going to be a kind of head to head maybe between a Chelsea who have the kind of, you know, the tre- uh, financial budgets to maybe afford him. But um, he beats the dream signing. Honestly, I think Haaland, he's been kind of, you know, being his agent and his father's been going around Europe. I think they were spotted in Madrid and Barcelona the last few yeah. weeks, you know, kind of whether that's just to come here, you know, get more attention or just maybe see, you know, test the water and feel like, okay, this is what this club could offer us. Let's move on to this city now and this club to see what they can offer us. That's very, very, very Mino Raiola in a way, you know, to do that. Yeah, so yeah. dream signing, especially if um, Tammy and Jihu do end up leaving this summer. We haven't really been playing with a proper nine this season. I mean, since Tuchel's arrived. So I think that'll be the ideal one. Definitely, I think, if we do have the transfer budget, yeah. I just want to ask as well, because you mentioned obviously his agent and I think his father's part of that kind of management side of mm. how, you know, behind the scenes. Um, and I'm pretty sure I read there was, um, <clears throat> there was fees being batted around 20 million. Mm. I read that fees too. And, yeah. um, I can't remember how much I, I have to go back and read it, but I just don't know if City would pay that. And we are stupid enough to pay that that food for Haaland. We would do that as Chelsea. Um, United, would you rule them out? Would you say United wouldn't be anywhere yeah. near there? Or wasn't it? Wasn't there something with with Haaland's father? I think, and you know, straight yeah. away Haaland's got no kind yeah. of interest in joining joining Man United. I, I don't know if that's kind of in the past now and forgotten of that, or if it's still plays in Haaland's father's mind as well as um, his son. But um, yeah. It's quite hard with Man U, you know, they're kind of their transfer signings because, I mean, last season they were linked to all these star players, the likes of Sancho, the likes of, they're always linked with Sergio Ramos and they always end up signing, you know, kind of, you know, their second choice. Maybe they, they ended up getting Cavani. They got the beak who hasn't really featured this season. But very good players, don't get me wrong, but yeah, probably yeah, not their, their first choice first signings. Choice. No, no. No. So I can't, honestly, I can't see Haaland going to... um to United, the one thing that still maybe thinks, okay, there's still maybe a 10, 20% chance he does go to United is maybe the Norwegian link with Solskjaer, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that could maybe play a part, but, um, but otherwise not really, no. You mentioned as well that we haven't been playing really with a, a proper out-and-out striker. Uh, one of the players that has been linked with us is Sergio Aguero. What, what I was going to say, yeah. I was, he was probably the second player I was going to mention now. Um, I think I'd love to see Aguero play, uh, be at Chelsea. I think he's a player, you know, even when he was playing at City, Chelsea fans always in it, always wanted, particularly when we were linked with him. I think that year we ended up signing Torres, I think around 2011, 2012. You know, he was always that player, you know, when he was at, at, at Atletico, we were always linked with. And I'd love to see Aguero at, um, at City. I think he's quite injury prone, but, you know, same age, around, a bit younger than Giroud, I think. So if Giroud does end up leaving and we want kind of, you know, an experienced number nine who can come in, you know, play those big games, especially if we do end up kind of, you know, having these great Champions League campaigns. You'll want players like Aguero who have that experience, who can, you know, any opposition they'll be willing to face, you know, and they proven goal scorer as well, golden boot winner. I think he'd be, especially if as well, if kind of Tuchel does insist with kind of keep, you know, with Kai Havertz progression as a false nine, then I think Aguero is the perfect player to come in and maybe you know, he'll be there kind of playing under Aguero's kind of, you know, knowledge of football 
rather than someone like Haaland who maybe would come in and completely, you know, derail Havertz's progression in the team. So I think if I I could choose, maybe, you know, save some money, go for Aguero and keep playing Havertz and maybe persist with Werner as well as a striker from time to time. And let's not forget Tammy as well if he does stay. Yeah, and that was what I was going to say. I think if if, uh, Giroud does move on, which is looking more likely, that's going to happen. That's going to be the case. Um, You know, what better replacement than Sergio Aguero, you know, um, proven in the Premier League, like you've just reeled off all his accolades there as well. So he's someone that I think has always admired Chelsea from a distance. You know, he's Mm -hmm. always had good things to say about the club. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, he's used to living in um, Cheshire, which is, you know, yeah. moving to London would be no, it wouldn't be a shock to him. If anything, it'd, it'd just be like for like in terms of the, the lifestyle that is there in mm-hmm. London as to what's in Cheshire. So I don't think that would be an issue. Might not even move. Yeah. He could just, you know, travel back and forth as and, as and when. Um, I'd love to see that happen. No, man. No there's, been, there's been solid sort of um, noise around that transfer. So I can't see that it's just speculation. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to want to stay in England and probably go, I'd assume maybe at some point, maybe go back to Argentina, um, maybe a bit later in his career, but he's probably not ready and not finished with the Premier League yet. So what better replacement to have? Um, I just wanted to ask you as well around some of the other areas that we'd potentially need to look at in the summer. Um, you know, do we need to consider obviously the goalkeeper situation? We still haven't really sorted that out. Yeah. Is there any no. of the areas that you think we'd need to look at, you know, and say, well, you know, we're a bit weak in that department. I'd like to see that player brought in. I think you meant, I think we have to remember Mendy's 29 now. I think he turned 29, I think in March. Um, he's a great co- goalkeeper. Don't get me wrong. And he's really kind of, you know, helped us this season, particularly when we had kind of those goal- goalkeeper problems last season. But whether he's our long-term kind of, you know, solution, I'm not too sure. Um, and the, so if we do end up kind of going in for a goalkeeper this summer, I look at Gian, Gianluigi Donnarumma from AC Milan. Yeah. I think he's con- his contract's expiring this summer. He's been at, he's been first choice at AC Milan since he was 16. He's now 22. He's got over 200 appearances to his name for AC Milan. So which is very impressive for a 22 year old. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he's now, and he's now kind of first choice goalkeeper for, at, um, at a, for the Italian national team as well. So I think, you know, if you get a 22-year-old goalkeeper at the level of uh, Donnarumma, I think, you know, we're set for the future in a way. I'd love to see Mendy still play a part if we do get him maybe second choice, kind of the role maybe Kep has been having this season, which is very hard in a way for, for Mendy. But I still feel like there is progression and room for improvement in our goalkeeper. Um, and I think Don, Donnarumma is one of those amazing players that, you know, could come in young, you know, experience, young but experienced, as I said. And obviously, I think Oblak is a bit out of the question with his price tag. I think we may not want to play as, pay as much for a goalkeeper after maybe the Kepa, you know, the Kepa transfer. Yeah. So, but I think it's all dependent as well. Maybe if we're able to get money for Kepa, some we're trying to recoup maybe at least thirty million for his for his um, by selling him. But um, but yeah, Donnarumma would be an option as a goalkeeper for myself. I think it's more of a realistic one rather than the Oblak. Mm. I think we were heavily linked with Oblak last season before we got Mendy. Um, but yeah, I just feel like we've got to be a bit more realistic. I don't think we can, I think we're a club that likes to, you know, get as much value out of a sale 
and we've always been that kind of club that you know we don't want to take a, a massive loss on a on a player which we're gonna we're gonna have to with with Kepa whether we like it or not he hasn't played this season he's definitely he's definitely not valued as to what we brought him brought him no. into the club ball so um, I think you know getting a young but but experienced goalkeeper which we would have um, you know twenty two years of age is probably the right age, you know, to try and bring a goalkeeper in. Um, it makes sense to me. Um, I just look at the team that we've got now and, you know, new goalkeeper, if we can get one, like you mentioned, um, maybe not, maybe a Haaland or Sergio Aguero up front. Mm-hmm. I don't think the team needs tweaking that much more. We have no, to kind of question no. maybe Thiago Silva, whether he's going to extend his contracts. But then, you know, we have got players that, are out on loan we mentioned before in um, our last episode that could probably do a job whether they're good enough to do that all season or we still need that depth in the centre-back role um, what, what's your thoughts do you think we could probably look at a, 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 you know an Ampadu or um, like we mentioned you know last week that there's there's players that are out on loan that could come back into the fold at Chelsea I think definitely before we go into the transfer market and you know Offer ridiculous sums of players for players, uh, sums of money for players. Sorry, we should um we should look at the players we've got out and learn players we've already got in our squad. The likes of Ampadu, the likes of um Saar at Porto possibly, um because I think who is there's another centre back Guehi possibly. You know if yeah. he's kind of you know maybe get a Premier League loan for him before kind of being introduced to the first team. But I'm really happy when I come. These players do go out and learn and sometimes you know get reintroduced into the team because it's proof that kind of you know the loan kind of system isn't broken, isn't about just kind of, you know, raising the price of players to resell yeah. them, you know. So I'm really, I'd be really happy to see maybe, especially if we, because I think, I think our centre-backs have all looked really improved and solid since Tuchel's arrived. So there's no reason why like to drop a particular one. It's whether to extend his contract or not. And I think five centre-backs are probably quite possible. So um, the other player I've, I've been seeing that's been linked with Chelsea is Jonas Hoffman from Montreal-Gladbach. Sorry, I, I keep cutting out really bad internet issues today. I'm not sure what's happening. But um, but yeah, I just wanted to say, yeah, uh, look at our loan players before kind of going into the transfer market to spend the big money. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think like I was just saying before, beforehand, um, you know, we don't need too much to rattle the team as such. You know, we don't need it to be massive overhaul of changes. You know, we've got like I was saying before, you know, we've we've spent a good part of 150 to 200 million in the, the summer just gone before. Um, you know, we've got some quality players there. They're all at a good age. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all, you know, of a, an age where we can develop them as well. Um, we've got plenty of loan options out there as well. But I just think the goalkeeper is the, the one that I look at. And I think Mendy's a good goalkeeper. He really is. He's a, he's a good goalkeeper. He's a good goalkeeper because of what Kepper was before. And that's that, I don't want that to be too critical of Kepa. Um, so saying Mendy's a good goalkeeper it doesn't mean that he's the best goalkeeper when no. we have you know, as options. And I think um, we need to address that in the summer. I really do. Uh, even like I said, Tuesday against Porto, there were still signs that he's not comfortable playing out the back. And I've watched him in the Premier League do the same. You know, he's not always comfortable playing out from the back. And in modern day football, uh, you know, that's what most most teams are doing you know they're playing out from the back you've got to be comfortable and the defence have got to feel comfortable as well you know I think if the defence don't feel comfortable one thing I will say about Mendy he seems more commanding 
and there's more talking yeah. with the defence than there is that we had with Kepo. But I don't think we can, you know, is he the best of the worst? Is that is that too harsh for me to say that about Mendy? No. I don't know. But yeah, definitely. I think particularly when we saw that West Brom game as well, I know we were 10 men. I know every not kind of, you know, they were attacking, they took their chances, but I'm looking at a couple of the, those goals and thinking, can Mendy be doing better? You know, this is me yeah. being very critical of him. And then, yeah, that mistake against um, against Porto, luckily we got away with it. But even that penalty gave away at Goodison Park. You know, you're thinking you don't need to be doing that. But this is me being very critical. And I think I am, you know, saying when we had Kepa last season, this is a huge improvement, like you said as well. It is an option, maybe, I think maybe, maybe possibly another season. But it's kind of with Mendy as our first choice. But it's whether we want to, you know, look at Don the Rumour that I mentioned on a free this summer. Again, yeah. though, Mina Raiola is the problem kind of blocking that, I feel. He's the kind of yeah. that super agent, you know, who probably would demand crazy agent fees around the 20 million mark, maybe less. But um, but yeah, I think on the long term, he should be kind of an option for us. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So another interesting week for, for Chelsea. Obviously, Porto, we lost, but we all celebrated, I'm sure. Um, we've got an interesting... Um, tie or two legs coming up against Real Madrid which we're both confident that we can progress and hopefully get to the final um, be interesting to see the other leg as well I think that was a that was some uh, some you know who who can we get in the final I suppose we can talk about that in a few weeks um, interesting on Saturday and yeah you know looking forward to, to Saturday's game now we've got obviously a big game Brighton I think on Tuesday um, Tuesday evening so that's another key game which we'll, we'll cover in our next episode. Um, as mentioned a couple of times, um, you can follow us on From the Shed End podcast. Um, that's From the Shed End on Twitter and Instagram and also on the YouTube channel, which we are currently streaming live to as well. Um, by all means, get your questions over to us, which I think we'll be trying to cover off on the next episode. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. This has been From the Shed End from myself, T Dot, and Theo.